0: During this time, we have all been advised to stay home and to not go out unless absolutely necessary. So we would only need to go out if we needed to buy groceries or go to the doctor or somewhere essential or if we were essential workers. Well, this past week, I needed to go and buy a few items. And so I found myself in a store that had the items that I needed. And as I was walking down the aisle, practicing social distance, of course, I was looking at a particular item when all of a sudden, I felt this tickle in my throat. I'm sure that you've had this moment where you've all of a sudden just had a tickle in your throat and, What did you need to do? You needed to cough. And so I let out a cough covering my mouth, and it was a light but loud cough, if you know what I mean. And so it was just a cough. Now, I do not have any cold and flu symptoms at all. All I needed to do was cough, as many of you would have to do as well. Well, after I coughed, I continued on looking on in down the aisle and looking for the item that I needed, when from the corner of my eye, I noticed a lady staring at me. Well, when I sta- looked back at her and made eye contact, all of a sudden, this lady took off running as if I was chasing her. I was so embarrassed, I thought to myself, she thinks I'm contagious. This lady thinks that I have something that she can catch. Well, while I was slightly offended, I thought to myself in these times we can't be too cautious and we do need to exercise proper caution and and continue to, you know, cover ourselves and keep our distance. And so I thought, okay, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. And so As I was thinking about this example, I thought to myself, what if I was contagious? What if I had something that instead of people running away from, wishing that they couldn't catch or wouldn't catch, they actually ran toward me hoping that whatever I had would rub off on them? Sounds a little strange, right? But stick with me. What if I had something, and what if you had something that was worth catching? What if we were contagious? Let me ask you the question. Are you a contagious Christian? Do you have something that when others leave you, they feel like there's something different about that person? There's something about them that I wish that I had, that I want to have as well. Well, as Christians, we certainly have something that is worth catching. In the book of Acts, we read about the early church and how it got started. And after the disciples received the gift of the Holy Spirit, Peter preached a powerful message, a bold message, so powerful that hundreds of people came and accepted that message and believed in it. The church was born. If you have your Bibles, join me as we read Acts chapter 2, starting from verse 36. Acts chapter 2, starting from verse 36, says this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders, and miraculous signs were done by the apostles." All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can share in your word. And Lord, we pray that indeed you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you. That you would help us, oh God, to listen to the leading of your spirit. And that you would help us to be obedient as we respond to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those who accepted the message were added to the church. The church grew. The church started and it grew before it even took off. People were coming to accept the message of Christ. They were coming to believe and they were coming to surrender their lives and live together as believers. And so as we look to the example of the early church, we can see that they certainly had something that was worth catching. People saw how they were living and saw how they were treating each other and acting, and they thought to themselves, I want that brotherhood. I want that sisterhood. I want to be part of a people who will share what they have, who we can trust, who we can rely on, who we can call upon for what we need. And so they wanted to be part of that. And so the church continued to grow and to grow because the message was being spread. To me, this is exactly how contagious Christians should look like. Contagious Christians should first of all be people who intentionally share their faith with others. People who intentionally go out of their way to share their faith with others. This is what the disciples started to do and then what others were doing just on their own, sharing what they received with other people, sharing that love of Christ, sharing the knowledge that they received from their teaching. You see, Peter, through the power of the Holy Spirit, preached this bold message that so many people, thousands of people, came and believed and the church started. So let me ask you this question. When was the last time you intentionally shared your faith with a non-believer? When was the last time you intentionally went out of your way to tell someone about Jesus? If we're honest with ourselves, some of us do when it convenient for us when the opportunity arises and when we can do it easily. But far too many of us don't do it as often as we should. Contagious Christians intentionally share their faith. That means they look for opportunities. They make opportunities happen. They go out of their way and they do it even when it's not convenient for for them. You see, they are waiting. You may ask who? Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your neighbor, your babysitter, your coworker. They are waiting for you to share Jesus with them. Because if you don't, then who will? They're waiting for someone to tell them about our Jesus. You know, even though many of you right now may not currently be working at your regular jobs, you may not physically be having to go in and and do the same work that you've been doing, that has stopped. The truth of the matter is that as Christians, our work has not stopped. In fact, if anything, We have even more work to do, more work in spreading the gospel, more work in telling people about Jesus, not because we want to earn salvation, no, that's a gift that's free to us, to all who believe, that we receive by faith, but we do it because we are commanded to do it. We do it because if we don't, who will? We are the hands and feet of Christ. There is a world out there just waiting, waiting to hear about a God who loves them, waiting to hear about a God who died for their sins, waiting to hear that they are forgiven, waiting to hear that there is hope beyond the grave, waiting to hear that they don't need to be afraid of death, but waiting to know this God who wants a relationship with each one of them. We have the responsibility of sharing that. Intentionally share your faith. Intentionally tell others about Jesus because people need to know They need to know that there is a hell that's still hot. They need to know that there's a heaven that's still real. They need to know that sin is still wrong, that the Bible is the word of God and that Jesus is the only way to salvation. They need to know. Will you intentionally share your faith with others? Will you look for opportunities and make opportunities and go out of your way? Because that's one of the things that as Christians we are called to do. We're called to make disciples. And that first step is sharing our faith. Sharing what the Lord has done in our lives. Sharing how Jesus has changed us. Sharing about the word of God. Will you intentionally share your faith with others? Well, contagious Christians also choose to live differently than the world. Contagious Christians choose to live differently than the world. In verse 40 in this chapter 2, it says, With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Let me ask you a question. What does a Christian look like? Is it someone who wears a cross or someone who carries around their Bible? Is it someone who goes to church every Sunday or someone who says Merry Christmas to you in passing? Is it someone who doesn't show too much skin? What does a Christian really look like? The truth is that we cannot pinpoint what a Christian looks like because we all look different. And so you cannot look at a single person and say whether or not they're actually a Christian. So how do we know who Christians are? Jesus tells us that you will know them by their fruit, that you will recognize them by the fruit that they produce, that you will know them because they will look different than the other things that you're used to seeing. In other words, you'll know them because they're different than the rest of the world. You see, we are called to live at a different standard. We are called to live at a different, not a better standard, but at a different standard that Jesus calls us to, to do things differently. And part of doing things differently means that our lives will have to look a little different. It means that we may not be able to go to the same places of entertainment that we normally go to. It means that we may not be able to watch the same television shows and movies that our friends watch. It means that we may need to change the kind of music that we sing along to. Or we may need to change the group of friends that we hang out with. You see, living a Christian life means living a life that is surrendered to God. Choosing to literally follow Christ. And in doing so, we need to be willing to put him first. He calls us to live a different life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Living differently is difficult no matter how old we are. It doesn't matter what age we are, or race we are, to live differently means that we need to make an effort to do so. Contagious Christians choose to live differently than the world. They are called, we are called to a different standard. Contagious Christians also study God's word. Now, this is an essential essential fact, that we need to make the time to study God's word, to invest in learning and growing and developing that relationship by his word. In verse 42, it says, they, that is the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is studying the word of God You see, the people were so hungry for God's word, they had this deep burning desire to know more and more and more. Are you hungry for God's word? Are you hungry to know the word of God, to study the word of God? The truth is that many of us, especially in North America have so much access to the Bible. We have access to physical Bibles, Bible apps, different study tools. But do we make the most use out of it? There are so many people around the world who wish they had the Bible, who wish they just even had a part of it to read, to know. But sometimes I think we take for granted God's word. Do you have that deep, burning desire to study God's Word? Because contagious Christians do. The Lord wants us to meditate on His Word. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I see the Word of God is not just some old thing that was written many, many years ago, but it is still living and active and has the ability to change and to transform us. The Word of God is our weapon. Are you hungry for it? Do you know how to properly handle it and study it? God desires for us to do that. And there are so many ways that we can study God's word and make an intentional habit of doing so. We can have our own personal studies where we daily read God's word on our own and study it for ourselves. There are many different apps and different resources and books available to help us and commentaries that we can read to study God's Word and to understand it better. There are a lot of resources available on the Internet, devotionals and study tools. We try our best as a church, especially at this time, to have different means available for you to join us. And if you check our website online, you can see the different lists of different online uh, Bible studies, prayer times, small groups that we have available so that even during this time of physical separation from each other, we can still study God's Word and make that a priority. Will you make studying God's word a priority? Will you continue to grow and grow? No matter how old we are, no matter how long we've been a Christian, there is still so much to learn. And God's word is such a wonderful book for us to study. Dr. William Barclay says this, We should count it a wasted day when we do not learn something new and when we have not penetrated more deeply into the wisdom and grace of God. Continue to study the Word of God. While contagious Christians also make time for others, They make time for others. And continuing on in verse 42, it says, they, that is the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. Do you ever notice how busy we can get? That sometimes we just don't have time. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for that. And, you know, everything is just a rush. You see, the... The the people in the early church, the believers in that day, made time for other people. They invested in one another because they saw that it was important to do so. And as Christians, we also need to make time for our brothers and our sisters. We need to make time for others as well because it is important to make time for other people. We can get so busy with the personal things that we have to do that we forget about the needs of other people. And we need to slow down. We need to look to the needs of other people as well. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, we're told not to look only at our own interests, but also to the interests of others. There are so many lonely people in our own church, in our community, in our world So many people who are just so lonely because they don't have friends or family, because they're sick and can't get out, for many other reasons, that they are just waiting. They're just waiting for someone to call, someone to send them a text message or an email, someone to send them a card or a written note, just to see how they are. There are so many people who are lonely. Will you make time for other people? Will you invest in the lives of other people? You know, during this time, I have been so blessed to learn of how so many of you have gone out of your way to call and to check up on other people in the church. And I'm so happy that you have taken that responsibility. And this is exactly what you're doing. You're practicing what it is that they did in the early church, what God intended for us to do to take care of one another. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Call someone, text them, see how they're doing just to see if they're okay. People want you to make time for them. And I'm sure you feel the same, that you appreciate when someone calls you, checks up on you, see how you're doing. Contagious Christians make time for others. Contagious Christians, also point number five, have a regular prayer life. You see, the early church, they made time not only to study in God's word and having fellowship with the believers, but having prayer. They made time for prayer, and this, for a Christian, is essential. To have a regular prayer life means that we are regularly communicating with God, that we are regularly in communication with him, hearing from him, speaking to him, growing in our relationship with him. And we cannot grow in relationship if we aren't praying regularly. Contagious Christians have a regular prayer life. Do you have a regular prayer life? Do you set aside time in your day to devote to your Father? Do you set aside time in your day where you put aside the TV remote, where you turn off your phone or put it on silent, where you block out all the other distractions and just spend time with God? For that is what he desires, for us to have a regular prayer life. There are so many passages of scripture in the Bible that talk about having a regular prayer life or the how important prayer is. And it is so important for us, whether our prayers are long or short, fancy or simple, eloquent or broken, whatever it may be, God wants to hear from us. And you don't have to pray for hours upon hours to, for God to hear you. You just need to be real and genuine with him. Have a regular prayer life. Max Licato writes this, our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Our prayers make a difference. Have a regular prayer life. Number six, contagious Christians believe that nothing is impossible. In verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe and wonder and signs performed by the apostles. They were filled with the awe and the wonder and the things that they had seen. Let me ask you this. Have you ever met a person who was just so excited or enthusiastic about something that it rubbed off on you, that it started to make you feel excited and enthusiastic about that thing. You see, as Christians, we are to rub off on other people, to carry around that joy of the Lord, that excitement because of what Christ has done for us. There is so much that we have to be thankful for. There is so much that we have to be excited about. And sometimes as Christians, we can walk around feeling depressed and defeated. And there are times where life certainly does drag us down. But look at all of the things that we have to rejoice about. Look at all of the things that we have to give thanks about. Look at the fact that we serve a God who is bigger, who is greater, who is more powerful and more awesome than we will ever know. A God who is the God of impossibilities. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Do you believe that? That by faith nothing will be impossible. We serve a God who is able A God who is bigger, a God who is all-powerful, who has all power and authority, and he is that same God who performed many miracles we read about in the Bible. There is nothing that is impossible with God. Contagious Christians believe that. Will you believe that? Will you believe that nothing is impossible? Because if we expect great things from God, if we attempt great things for God, then surely nothing will be impossible with God. Contagious Christians also choose to live in harmony with one another. In verse 44, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They chose to live together in harmony and in unity. Did you know that whenever you have a large group of people who are different ages, different races, from different backgrounds and countries, with different ideas and perspectives on life, that it doesn't matter even if we're all Christians, there are going to be problems. Did you know that? A large part of our role as pastors is keeping peace and helping to resolve conflict that happens. And oftentimes, conflict comes up, but it's because of the silliest things. Conflict arises because of nonsense. And here's here's a few examples. You can get mad at someone just because she passed you and didn't say hi to you or acknowledge that you were there. You can get upset with someone because he spoke too rough to you and you didn't like his tone of voice. You can get upset with those people because they didn't ask you to help out this year in that particular ministry. You can get upset because they didn't even say thank you to me after I worked so hard. You see, there are many times where because of unnecessary conflict. We create problems in our environment and in our church. And the early church chose to live together in harmony. And in living together in harmony does not mean that there will never be problems, but it means that when those problems arise, that we choose to not be childish, that we choose to not allow them to create bigger and bigger conflict, that we deal with them right there and then. We we ask for forgiveness and we offer forgiveness and we move on. And maybe some of you today who are watching this need to do just that. Maybe you need to be the kind of person who says to yourself that I'm going to just let that go. I'm going to be the one who says hi first to that person before they even say hi to me, that I'm going to be the one who approaches that gentleman and tells him, you know, I didn't really like that tone of voice that you used, and it came across a little rough. Maybe you need to be the kind of person to say, you know what, I've helped many years, and I'm going to let someone else do it this year, or I'm going to be okay with them asking someone else to do that this time. Maybe you need to be the one who says to yourself, I don't need someone to publicly thank me every time I do something because I'm working for the Lord and I know he sees and I know that he will bless me. You see, we need to be the kind of people who choose to live in harmony with one another and living in harmony with each other takes work. It takes effort, but we can do it if we choose to put in that effort. Contagious Christians choose to live in harmony with one another. Contagious Christians also share what they have. They share what they have. In verse 45, it says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. You see, these early Christians had an intense feeling of responsibility for each other, an intense feeling that we need to make sure that our brother or our sister does not go without, that we may not have a a lot, but what what we do have, we're going to share, and we're going to make sure that no one goes to bed hungry, that nobody is without a roof over their head, that no one is lacking something that we're able to provide. We also as the family of God that we refer to ourselves to need to make sure that we are generous people, that we share what we have. You see, God has blessed us with so much. And sometimes we can say to ourselves, I don't have anything. But the truth is that God has blessed us beyond what we deserve. God has blessed us so much that we all have something to share if we look hard enough Are you willing to share what you have with others? Are you willing to share what God has blessed you with, with someone who is less fortunate? And I want to thank those of you who have been generous, who have been generous with your time, your talents, your resources, with your finances. Thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for being generous people. Thank you for helping each other out in different ways. Thank you for taking a meal over when someone needed it. Thank you for dropping off groceries when someone couldn't get out. Thank you for giving someone a ride to the doctor when they didn't have a vehicle to go themselves. Thank you for giving generously to each other. Thank you for supporting each other in times of need. Thank you for continuing to give generously to the work of the Lord, to our local church. We need you, and we thank you for being generous with your tithes and offerings, with your mission gifts and building funds. Thank you for those of you who continue to give because contagious Christians share what they have. God blesses his people and provides for us, especially when we are generous, when we give cheerfully, and when we choose to give to his work. So my question to you today is this. Are you a contagious Christian? Are you a contagious Christian? Because you can be contagious right where you are. You don't have to go far to be a contagious Christian. But you can be contagious in your family. You can be contagious with your friends and in your workplace. You can be contagious at your school or at your gym, in the grocery line checkout, to your neighbors with strangers that you meet on a regular basis. You can choose to be contagious Christians so that when others see you, they say to themselves, I want what he or she has. I want what they have. I see what they have and I want that. I want to be part of that. I want to experience that. I want to be patient in affliction. I want to be able to give thanks in every situation. I want to pray without ceasing and love those who hate me. I want to give to those who can't afford to repay me. I want to forgive others without keeping wrong and I want to have peace despite the circumstances that I face in life you see contagious Christians cause others to want what they have what made the early church so attractive they were filled with the love of Christ let us pray heavenly father we thank you for this time we thank you for sharing in your word and indeed, God, we pray that you would continue to help us. Help us, Lord, as Christians to strive to continue to be Christians who are contagious, who rub off on other people, who share your word, who share what we have, who have regular prayer lives and study your word intentionally, who make time for others, O oh God, and do things that are pleasing to you. Lord, help us to believe that with you nothing is impossible. We pray that you would use us even in this time now to be your light in this dark world, to be your hands and feet to other people, to truly be contagious in all that we do. Lord, may you bless our efforts. May you bless each one, oh God, and may you continue to surround and protect us. And we thank you for your presence that is with us, that covers us, and that goes ahead of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God who does not change, but that indeed you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, when we look around us, we thank you that we do not have to fear, but that you are with us. And we pray that you would help us, that you would strengthen us, that you would enable us, oh God, to continue to be contagious Christians where we are, that we would continue to be your hands and feet, that we would be so excited, because of what you've done, that we would share it with other people and that they would catch that excitement, that they would catch that fire, that they would catch that desire, oh God. And we pray, Father, that you would truly help us to share your love, that you would help us to be more and more like you, and that daily you would help us to be contagious wherever we are. And so, Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your power that is at work even when we can't see it. And so may you be with each one and may you help us in our daily lives. Keep us safe, O oh God, and may your protection rest upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.